You are now listening to the Motivational Jumpstart. Motivational Jumpstart. Motivational Jumpstart. Good morning, incredible people. It's your favorite motivator from afar, Mike Malley, with the Motivational Jumpstart right here on WHUS Stores. Good morning, incredible people. Hopefully you're up, you're alive, you're ready to make magic, you're ready to pursue excellence with impeccable effort. But... On this special, special edition of the Motivational Jumpstart, we have a rock star, a rock star in the studio, you know, a great friend, a great colleague, a life coach, a career coach. I mean, Jenna B, Coach Jenna B is all things everything. Good morning. What's happening, Jenna Good B? Good morning. Good. How are you? I'm doing all right. So the Jenna B, I got in trouble about three months ago, just for the listeners out there, you know, Coach Jenna B called in and I technically, because I know her and the great work she does, but Jenna B actually stands for Jenna Burgess, but we're going to get into a little bit of that. But also on this edition, we're going to be talking about the lifestyle of an entrepreneur. What does it mean? What does it represent? How has she been able to be so effective, but what is she still learning? So as we like to do, Coach Jenna B on the Motivational Jumpstart, introduce yourself and, and let the listeners know what makes you come alive? What inspires you? Oh, it's a heavy question early in the morning. Early right? in the morning, absolutely. <laughs> but you're getting folks motivated, so we appreciate it. Uh, so just by way of background, I am a career coach and a consultant, and I work with folks who are in college all the way up into their corporate careers on how to be effective early on in your career. And what that looks like is career preparedness workshops, I do speaking engagements, and I also consult with companies and corporations on how to best utilize our millennials and young folks in the workforce. Uh, what gets me up in the morning? I love what I do. So many people ask me all the time, what made you start your own company? What is it about being an entrepreneur that's appealing? And for me, I've done the corporate sphere. I've worked for other folks. I've been a part of a startup. I've been a part of traditional work environments. And after about six years or so, I decided that I would just be better off on my own just because of the way that I work. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, what gets me up every morning is being able to do just that, be able to run as fast as I as I possibly can and as I want to, and to be effective in what I do and at the end of the day be able to stop when I need to, take care of my family, and um, have a good balance. Absolutely. And balance and balance is, is definitely incredibly important. But let's, let's go back a little bit. So we know, you know, I know that you, you started, you know, you went to Syracuse University, you know, like most college students out there, you go to college, you, you have these dreams, goals, ambitions, and, and kind of thinking this is what life is going to be like. And then you went to corporate America. Well, what happened in between that that that, that shift or, or, or that, 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 that period of time for you? Sure. I mean, in college, we all change our mind a couple of times. A couple of times. So I went to Syracuse University. I was so happy and excited to go to the SI Newhouse School of Public Communications. Mm -hmm. And I was a broadcast journalism major going into my collegiate experience. And about a year later, I decided to change my major, which I know a lot of folks do. So I think you're always still trying to figure it out. Even when you think you're dead set on something, life teaches you something else. So for me, I um, switched majors. I started actually working in corporate America when I was 19 through a temp agency. And that just changed my opinion around you know, how I wanted to make a living and really the structure I enjoyed in the work environment. Um, so that's really what led me there. Um, you know, and I think about kind of my corporate experience and what it was like, it taught me what I needed to know. I don't think I would be an effective entrepreneur if I hadn't worked for other people first. And I tell a lot of students that because I know it's super appealing to come out of college and want to start your own business right away. Uh-huh. And what you can share is obviously some light on that yeah, because I, yeah, you yeah. are a part of that group. Yes, I um, am. And don't get mad at me, but I give <laughs> the advice that I really think you should work for other people. 
And if you can, at least for some big houses, because you will learn how to do the business etiquette thing. You right. will learn how to have a strong quality product for whatever it is that you're selling. And it also teaches you a lot about consumer behavior because the majority of people work and the majority of people have an organizational mindset, which is really different than an entrepreneurial mindset. And I think you have to know the landscape. I think you have to know how people think in order to be effective as an entrepreneur. So I tend to be on the other other school of thought in that sense uh-huh so take us to so which which is profound because you're definitely right I'm, I'm one of those individuals who was like ah corporate america ah nope i'm gonna do it my way and obviously a lot of a lot of unique experiences and struggles have come with that some i'm proud of some is like you know what Maybe had I gone to corporate America, might maybe I would have learned a couple of things that could have, you know, uh, uh, um, taken away some of the struggles that I that I've experienced. But you know, to each his own, right? So, Definitely. what made you say this is the time for me now to start my consultant company? Like, what, 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 what when, when did you know that it was time for you? Timing is everything. Absolutely. And I think you have to be prepared for this life. Mm -hmm. It is a life. It is a lifestyle. And it is high stress. You don't know when your next check is coming. Uh And I think when you start really young, you don't necessarily have a nest egg. You don't have a whole lot to fall back on. But at the same regard, you also can take on more risk because you're young. So I think you have to balance out when is the right timing. When do I have enough in a savings account and enough kind of cushion to be able to fail for at least six months and then be able to be effective once you are kind of up and running? Because it takes some time. And there is initial investment in whatever you do, whether it be something that's a brick and mortar or a consulting practice. Uh Uh-huh. I took my initial investments very seriously. I made sure that I had enough to invest in marketing materials, in coaching, in support to make sure I could be effective in my role. Because if I didn't, then I think it's that much harder to kind of break through all the noise, especially because there's so many consultants out there. Anybody can tell you I'm a consultant. So it's really, right, right, really right. important that you kind of carve out your own brand, that you invest in your own brand in order to be effective. So when I knew I could do that, that is when I jumped ship. And I also had one of those aha moments um, when I was working in Philadelphia. And I love what I did. And I've worked for amazing companies, but it mm. got to the point where so much of what I believed in and how I wanted to work was being challenged. It was being challenged. I could not break through kind of the cycle of just stay in line, be at your desk, do what you got to do. I just, I don't know, maybe it's the rebellion in, in me. Absolutely. <laughs> I just couldn't Absolutely. do it anymore. And so I probably was a little more brash than other folks when I decided, like, look, today is the day. Um, I had been preparing, so it was not a complete shock to my family. But I remember when I called my husband, I was like, I just quit like 10 minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> he was like, what did you do? Um, we had always talked about it, but he just had no idea it was coming that day. And I didn't even know it was coming that day, but um, kind of everything came together for for me and I just had one of those moments where I said I'm not doing this anymore. Right, right. No, and and I feel like so many people wish they could have the the, the courage to do that or get to a point, you know, or so in, in theory and concept Jenna is like, yo, I'm going to do my own thing. I, I, if, if, if I'm working on this job, I know I'm doing a better job than I feel like maybe some of my, my, my superiors or executives or managers, not necessarily knowing the full process, but then boom, smack dab, Yo, I just quit 10 minutes ago and I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to go into this journey on this journey of my own business. And yeah. you start that. What does that lifestyle look like at the beginning? Oh, gosh, I think at the be- beginning, I 
sat in my home office for like a couple of days and I was like, what on earth am I doing? Uh It's incredibly scary. I mean, so much of your life is structured up until that point. Right, right. When you look back into high school, everything you needed to do was laid out for you. You show up, Uh you get told what you need to do, you deliver and so forth. Then college, you get a little bit more freedom, but you still get a syllabus. You still kind of know what the whole year looks like. Right, right, Um, right. When you're an entrepreneur, you have no clue what that year looks like. If you have a strong business plan, maybe you do know what that year looks like, but you don't actually know how it's going to play out in real life. So preparation is important, but at the same time, I think you have to be able to manage your own anxiety and fear because I feel like you live in that in the beginning for a little bit because you have no idea what's going to happen next. And that can be really crippling. It can be really challenging to just get over that hurdle saying, I did the right thing. I know what I'm doing. I'm qualified to do what I'm doing. And I feel good about that. So I think you go through a pep talk phase Um, but then you have to take massive action so the key to kind of making up for lack of experience is taking action because action is going to teach yourself one not to give up and you're going to build some resiliency but it's also going to tell the world what it is that you're trying to do and the world will communicate back to you they can't tell you what it needs unless you're taking action and getting out there and really trying to push whatever it is you're trying to do. You may not get the results that you want right away, but at least you got some results. Right, right. When you have results, you can do something with that and you can make it happen. Um, but none of it works unless you start taking action. Unless you start taking action. And, and I think what, what, what's inspiring about that, because I was at a similar phase and you get it and then you have that, oh, crap moment. <laughs> How am I going to make money? Like, you know, I'm going from stability to some sense of whether I hate this job or I don't. At least I know every two weeks I have something coming in to this, this, this whole level of, you know, I, I, I got to take action. Like if, if I'm not a, 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 a smoother or a networker, so some of these skills I'm going to have to acquire and I'm going to have to be be, be cur- courageous. I'm going to have to to I'm probably going to get told no a bunch of times. Probably going to do this this F word free a lot of times, too, just to start getting my foot in the door. So, yeah, what has that experience been like for you? Because a lot of times people don't understand that sometimes, you know, I always love the, the story of famous Amos Cookie. He went around and, and, and he just gave cookies and people just sample cookies. And people was like, yo, you're, you're wasting money. And yeah. we know what famous Amos Cookies meant to the world over the last 40 years. But just, just in concept, in theory, most people hear that free word. I'm not doing nothing for free. What does that look like? I think. For today's generations, the idea of doing something for free seems crazy. Right, right. Uh, Because there's so much money out there and there's so much transparency around how you can make money these days. And you have social media and television kind of telling you it's easy to become, you know, famous overnight. So it is a harder concept, I think, today in general, just because of the things that we're surrounded by. But it is important because it's not free. You're getting experience. And if you don't have that experience, you can't sell what you do. Right. So the reality is you're making a trade. Um, It's not like that traditional internship where you're getting coffee and you're working for free Uh and just hoping someone gives you a break. You have created your break. This is your company. This is your baby. So you need to treat it as such. And if what you're missing on that resume to get the paying client is the experience, then you got to take the bullet. You have to go do it for free. And I struggle with that. Now and again, because I do feel like I'm moving forward in my career and I want to make sure that I'm being compensated when I need to and that as a woman that I'm not doubting myself and not asking for the right money because I'm a woman and feel weird about that, um, you have to put it all into perspective. If you're first starting out, you're lacking the experience, go do the free stuff. 
the reality is every time I did something for free, I met a client at that event mm -hmm. or through that experience, they got me paid. So I can't tell you how many times my husband's like, just go. And I'm like, I don't want to go. I'm not right, making any right, money. Right, I don't know right. what I'm doing. And he would push me to get out there and do this thing. And every time I went, I found an amazing client that made such an impact on, honestly, my bottom line. So those free events really do lead to prosperous events. No, no. And, and that's facts. And I always say... The, the free events always prepared me for the paid events. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm actually able to test my speech, my presentation, everything literally on this audience. So then once I do meet these clients or these, these potential clients at these events, which yeah. nine times out of ten, it always happens that way, right? You, you have someone like, oh, my gosh, we have a business. Can we get you back? Yeah, you get me back. It's not going to be free yeah. next time. But I was able to see what the audience liked, what they didn't like, were they vibing? Was it terrible? Do I need to revisit this whole presentation? You know what I mean? So I think it's so much benefit that comes from doing free, right? Um so, so I think that's that's powerful that you shared that. Uh, and you have to make it profitable for uh -huh. yourself. So if I did a free event, I made sure that I brought a videographer or that I took a ton of pictures so that I could start building my social media following or that I could create a media kit. You can take the free opportunity and just use it as your personal creative studio. You know, you can get interviews, like you're saying, get feedback, do your surveys. Metrics mean a lot in any business. So say you do a free event, you get 50 folks in the audience, Get their feedback right after. You now have a metric about how effective your product is. So now when you sell to the next person, you tell them, I know it works because guess what? This amount of folks say it does. So you can turn that free opportunity into a profitable opportunity. If you can get creative with it and try not to get stuck in the fact that it's free, I don't really want to do this, and kind of you know, having a negative attitude about it. Right, right, right. So what, what are some other things that come with the lifestyle of being an entrepreneur? I mean, as it relates to... I mean, you said you're married. I mean, what does that mean for just being in a relationship? I mean, has that? I mean, what what, what is that dynamic? Because I think a lot of entrepreneurs, including myself, we all go through this thing like, well, you know, if I want a significant other in my life, or I want somebody to 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 share this with, but I understand the rigor, the grind. Maybe they don't understand the grind, you know. So so what what does that represent, or has represented for you, you know, in the in in the world of dating now, being married. Like, what, what does that represent or look like? Oh, man, do we that have more time? <laughs> it's a really heavy question. It's tough. It I mean, is. relationships are one of those things that everybody tries to figure out along the way. Uh -huh. There's no real guidebook. You can get advice from folks. You can read on, you know, what makes a healthy relationship. You can try and make your list about this is what I want, this is what I don't want. But it, it always kind of falls apart in practice. You have to literally live it. But you have to be clear on what your role is. And your role as an entrepreneur is is to one, be really clear on what you want. I don't know that it's fair to your partner to just be an aimless dreamer. Mm -hmm. I want to do this. I want to do that. And be that person that always talks about it and doesn't do it. Right, right, I think right. as a partner, you owe your partner the stability of being clear at least. Mm -hmm. And at least if you can get clear, you can get to profitable. You can get to organized. Right, 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 um, right, right. And, and they should help you do that. They think you have to partner with the right people. And I keep saying partner versus, you know, marry or date or be in this relationship because any relationship to me is a partnership. Mm -hmm. It has to be balanced. It has to be supportive because because you work way more than you're at home. Right, right, right. You do. And it, we take so much home with us as entrepreneurs because we can't separate it. Right, and that right. is a challenge for us. Oh, like we go facts. we go to bed talking about what we were doing, thinking about what we got to do the next day, preparing it. And it's, 
not always the same for our counterparts. They often can leave the office and leave it there. Right, right, Or maybe right. they work a little bit here and there, but their structure allows them to compartmentalize in a more healthy way right, than right, I think right. we do as entrepreneurs. Um, and we also need to kind of live and breathe it all the time to stay invested, <laughs> right? Like if right, I right, stop right. caring about my business, nobody else is going to care about it. Nobody else is going to care, right? So <laughs> I think we probably wear it on our sleeve a little, little more than the average person. And our partners have to be cognizant of that be understanding of that and be supportive of that. But on the flip side, we also have to be self-aware. Mm -hmm. We cannot be hitting our partner over the head about our lives. This is why this is important because this is what I live. This is how my life goes. And I think that gets intense in a relationship. Right. At the end of the day, it's a way to make a living. Right, yes, right. some of us have found our purpose, and that has allowed us to make a living. But at the end of the day, even though we want a legacy, we want to make this great impact on the world, it's a way to make a living. And put that into perspective, because your relationship is important. Your partnerships in life are important, especially if you want to build a family and you want your family to take on that legacy. Mm -hmm. So I think you, everybody's different. I mean, that that's my philosophy. I think that at the end of the day, I love what I do, and I'm so privileged to be able to do it every day and to be an entrepreneur but at the same time that should not come before my family goals and so i have to make sure that what i'm doing makes sense with the rest of my family right, and that right. they're comfortable with that and that my partner is on board with that and i think that mutual respect allows them to help me in a bigger way right, as opposed right. to dealing with me if that makes sense right, right, right. <laughs> no 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 it does and i think that's that's definitely great great advice for sure and, and what i I, I took from that was just really big on the communication standpoint is being able to communicate early with your partner, you know, and saying, hey, like, you know, yes, this is my baby. This is what I'm passionate about. This is what I'm doing. But also have to realize that if, if I'm not communicating with you or if I'm putting this, you know, side and and. and and neglecting home and neglecting these other things, then that's not healthy. It's not it's not balanced in the approach of actually making not only the business successful, but your partnership successful. Exactly. And it's just like anything else. You only have so much energy. I know you have about 400%, but the rest of us are around like 100%, maybe 110. And so you can only allocate those percentages accordingly. You cannot you know, put more into that equation. Uh -huh. And how you divide it and where you put that energy will tell you what will be successful. Right, right. And I think in the entrepreneurship world, you're taught to put 120% into everything that you do. We just don't have it. You don't right. have that percentage. I will tell you, as as a female, we tend to add other people into our percentages more likely and more often than our male counterparts. Right. We do. We spend more time cleaning up the house, or we spend more time caring about what our partners are doing. And this is not a stereotypical thing. This is this is fact. fact we do. Right, right, right. I read this awesome article. It was like the six things women spend time on that men have no idea that they do. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so true. I was like, oh my god, I do spend time on that. That's crazy. Um, so we have to be a little more cognizant that we divide our percentage a little differently. Right. Um, so I think if you are in a relationship with a female entrepreneur, you have to help help her spend her time wisely and take on sometimes more things that you wouldn't naturally do as your counterpart. Mm -hmm. But the reality is you want her to be successful. You know, it's always easy to have a healthy relationship when you're both being successful. It's a little bit harder when stuff's not going well. Uh, so I have been lucky enough that my first year in business, a couple of months, I was nervous. But, you know, at the end of the year, I made more than I had made in my corporate life. Uh -huh. And so that was an easier conversation at the dinner table versus, hey, what do you, <laughs> what's going on over there? What's going on? <laughs> um, so, you know, it all, it all goes into context, right? But um, at the end of the day, you only have so much time and you have to be smart with it. Definitely. No, no. And I appreciate those jewels. So uh, in, in the remaining moments and minutes we have, what, what are just some some 
Coach Genevieve tips for entrepreneurs out there who people who are considering, you know, trying to pursue this lifestyle? What would, what would be that advice or those tips you would potentially give those those individuals? I would say that whatever you decide to do, it has to make sense. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of great ideas out there. There are things that are completely valid. I mean, I hear great ideas from students all the time, as well mm -hmm. as folks who are working. But I always ask folks, is there a customer for what you want to do? Right. Does it make sense for the current economy, whether it be in your region, nationally, or globally? Mm -hmm. I mean, the great news today is we have more transparency around what our global markets need. Mm -hmm. um, I meet amazing students from other countries who say, you know what, I want to come here, become educated, and start kind of building my craft, and then go back home and start my business there right, because right, right. it's an emerging market. I think that's smart. Mm -hmm. You need to find the emerging market. When I started my business, I had just realized from my career that there was a significant gap in the coaching for young people as they transition from college to their career. And I saw it because I looked at the numbers of folks in retention in their actual careers. And I worked literally in that day in and day out. So for me, I had a strong basis for why I wanted to start my business. Mm -hmm. And there was a real need out there. And I tested that need out as well, um, You know, whether it be through research or just having conversations with folks. So my, my biggest tip is if you have a great idea, you think you want to start something, mm -hmm. it has to make sense. The market has to want it because at the end of the day, they're the ones purchasing it. Right, right. <laughs> uh, so, so make sure it's, it's something that can actually become profitable. And then also for young people, uh, this, this was given to me as a piece of advice. You are older a lot longer than you are younger. Mm -hmm. And we forget that. In your 20s, it's so hard to think about being 40. It is because your 20s is super busy. Absolutely. You have a ton going on and you just think that's it. I need to figure this out between 20 and 30 to set, my, set myself up for the rest of my life. And that's not true. I mean, you really don't have a clear grasp on a lot of things until you hit 30. Mm -hmm. So you got to give yourself time to become who you're meant to be. Right. And remember that you're older longer than you're younger. So make sure that you're using your 20s wisely to test the market, work for some folks, or at least partner with people to really get a good footing before throwing yourself out there because you don't want to start a business at 21 and then be 25, 27 maybe, and it not go the way you expected and then have to get back into the job market at that point because right. you've missed this critical gap of development for yourself. And yes, you learned a lot in your own business, but that does not always translate back into the business world or right. into the working world. Um, so I guess I gave two pieces of advice there, but those are my two pieces. All right. No, no, that's <laughs> perfect. That's perfect. Well, Coach Genevieve, I appreciate you for coming early in studio. It is early. You know, but to the <laughs> listeners out there, yo, to the entrepreneurs, continue to, to to aspire to be great but just know that it's okay to to you know learn and get your your feet wet within a corporate setting or in a, in, in a job before you transition into the to the lifestyle of an entrepreneur and um you know this podcast is going to be definitely played back it's going to be on itunes soon so definitely stay tuned to that and you know to the listeners for the motivational jump start with coach jenna b want to thank you for coming in studio i'm mike mallory and stay tuned for more and we out